Hi, and welcome to a very short introduction. From ancient Greece to branding, globalisation to Homer, and logic to fashion, we'll showcase a concise and dynamic insight into a range of diverse topics for wherever your curiosity may lead you. So here is today's very short introduction. I'm Laura Marcus. I'm Goldsmiths Professor of English Literature, Fellow of New College at Oxford, and I've been working on life writing, particularly autobiography, over some years, and I'm involved in the Life Writing Centre at Wolfson College, Oxford. I've written the BSI on autobiography, and autobiographies have had an enduring fascination for readers across the centuries. It continues to be one of the most popular of written forms. It's produced by footballers as well as physicists and by those who are not published writers but have a story they want to tell for friends and family. At the same time, it's central to the work of literary critics, philosophers, historians and psychologists who found in autobiographies from across the centuries not only an understanding of the ways in which lives have been lived, but the most fundamental accounts of what it means to be a self in the world. The term autobiography, which breaks down in its, to its component parts, self, life, writing, auto, bio, graphene, wasn't coined until the very end of the 18th century. But the genre has forms which run back to the beginnings of literature with spiritual confessions, conversion narratives. In the classical world, what are called raised gestae, things done, and then forward to memoirs. This one starting point for the Western history of autobiography is the fourth century work by St. Augustine, his confessions. These are an important starting point for us because they mark not only the beginnings of a conversion narrative, but the sense that the role of autobiography is to explore the complex nature of identity. I'm working hard in this field, Augustine writes, and the field of my labours is my own self. I have become a problem or question, however you translate it. I have become a problem or question to myself. I am investigating myself, my memory, my mind. So we have the strong sense of the role of autobiography being not only a way of telling a story to others, but of finding out what the self is for itself. Autobiography is above all the story of a life in writing. Jumping ahead now to the 18th century, we have Jean-Jacques Rousseau, who wrote in the part one of his Confessions, which was published in 1782, at the very beginning of his text, I am made unlike anyone I have ever met. I will even venture to say that I'm like no one in the whole world. So there he's asserting his uniqueness and the justification for writing his text that he's going to show this unique self to others. So one aspect of autobiography that remains pretty much constant from the beginnings to the present is the sense of what are the motives for writing an autobiography? Why does an author or author sit down to write his or her own life? The reasons for doing so change throughout the centuries even though the sense of an impulse or and a need to justify the act remains something of a constant. So in the 19th century, we have the idea of duty, that someone has lived a unique or important or exemplary life, and that it is their duty to make that life open to others. 
And this is a way also of guarding against any charges of vanity or narcissism that might be attached to the act of autobiography. This relates also to the question of who is entitled to write an autobiography. And, you know, throughout the centuries, perhaps most dominantly in the 19th century, there is a sense that only those of high repute should write their autobiographical texts. And these are very often differentiated from more popular or scandalous memoirs. So we have the autobiography memoir distinction that used to mean that autobiography would be often the idea of an exemplary life told from beginning to end, whereas a memoir might be seen as a more scandalous or gossipy form of writing. I think that distinction has very much altered in recent years and writers today are as likely to call their autobiographical text memoirs as they are autobiography, but I'll come back to that. So I've mentioned the role of confessions as early forms of autobiographical writings. This is linked strongly also in St. Augustine to the idea of conversion. There was a before and an after self, and the self in the present looks back at the past showing how it has moved forward to join the present eye of writing. But this relates also to the idea of a turning point. I have become a different self than the one I was. Virginia Woolf, writing in the 20th century, referred to the two selves of her autobiography, the I now and the I then. And that this is also linked to the dual concept of the I in autobiography, the I that writes and the I that is written. I've mentioned the etymology of autobiography, autobiographene, self-life writing. And of course, the term writing is therefore built into the category of autobiography itself. So we need to think about what the role of writing is doing in autobiography. Writers' autobiographies are very often seen as exemplary of the genre. Of course, many people other than writers write their lives, but the writer's autobiography points out to the extent to which the life is being recounted in words, the way language shapes the past, and the sense that actually the way a life is represented may be as important as the events that are being recounted within that. In my very short introduction, I've looked at a number of categories of autobiography. Um, I've looked at the relationship between private and public selves and the sense that autobiography occupies the kind of hinterland between the categories of history and literature. I've looked at family stories and the importance of childhood in the autobiographical text, which becomes increasingly dominant from the 18th century onwards, and Rousseau, whose childhood is seen as formative of his later self, is the prime mover here. But autobiographies of childhood have become increasingly dominant in the genre. I've discussed the importance of autobiography for philosophy, where autobiography becomes a window into the workings of consciousness, of memory, and of identity. And I've looked at the role that psychoanalysis in the early 20th century played in shaping autobiographical texts with its concepts of screen memories, the idea that what we remember is a kind of screen for a buried memory. And this raises important questions of truth and fiction in autobiography, 
There is a demand that autobiography tells the truth of the self and events, but increasingly in the 20th century, that truth is seen as elusive, memory may falsify, and therefore the sense that the, the desire to tell the truth may be more important than the verifiability of that truth itself. I've moved on to new directions in autobiography, which include the role of photography and the visual representation within the written text. I've mentioned the rise of memoir, the idea that the whole life is not what is being recounted, but particular periods, experiences, or passions within a life. So, for example, we have the popular centrality these days of what have been called grief memoirs, Helen MacDonald's H's for Hawk, or Joan Didion's The Year of Magical Thinking would be prime examples here. We have also the development of the category which has been called autofiction, in which the life as lived serves as the basis for an essentially novelistic form in which scenes and characters may have no basis in reality, but there is still a grounding in the life as it was lived and experienced. And the multi-volume work of the Norwegian writer Carl Ove Norskar is important here, or the writings of Rachel Kask. And we also have a category which is sometimes called ego media, which brings us into the digital age, where we have the dissemination of self stories and images on social media. So one of the things that has in, always interested me about autobiography is its capacity to recreate itself across the centuries. The, the term autobiography, as I've said, is a neologism, but we have many earlier forms of that genre. But it's the new terms that have been created for it, the new ways that it is represented still remain bounded by the sense of the life of the self as it is produced in words and as, as it is recaptured in memory.